Well, it's good to be able to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I know that uh, you're not here, but I'm here. I'm hoping that you're safe and warm at home. But let me make a few announcements here before we get into our, our, our message tonight. Of course, we have coming up uh, this Sunday will be the men's meeting right after the evening service. That'll be February 21st, men's business meeting after the evening service. Then also coming up February 24th will be the business meeting uh, for the church after the Wednesday night service. Then next, the following Sunday, February the 28th, will be our, we're going to have our fifth Sunday singing that we've been putting off and putting off since, February, or since January. And uh, so that'll be uh, February 28th in the, in the evening service. And following that, we'll have our chili and soup fellowship. And we just ask that you please bring plenty of chili and soup and desserts, and enough for yourself and for others. And maybe you want to bring the sides, crackers and cheese, and then uh, whatever it is that you like to have with your soup and chili. And we're looking forward to that fellowship, getting everybody back together after all of this uh, uh, weather and, and everything, the sickness and stuff, getting all past that and getting everybody back in church. I'm looking forward to that. I'm getting excited about services this Sunday. Uh, it looks like we're going to have a, a break now in the weather. It's going to warm up a little bit, hopefully melt some of this off. And we've had the, the uh, parking lot plowed. Of course, it snowed some more today and on top of that. But uh, I believe within the next couple of days, we'll have a a good uh, parking lot for everybody, and we're looking forward to getting back in the house of the Lord. You know, I miss being having God's people around, miss having, having uh, hearing those amens, and miss having uh, just seeing you singing and enjoying that time together. There's nothing like that. You know, I praise the Lord for us being able to, to live stream as in times like this when it would be dangerous for people to get out. But I, I tell you what, there's nothing like coming together. That's why Hebrews 10.25 says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Coming together and there's just that fellowship, there's just that camaraderie, there's that uh, closeness uh, as we worship the Lord, and as we sing those songs and, and hear the Lord's name lifted up and, and just seeing one another and encouraging one another in the Lord. There's nothing like it. You know, one of these days in heaven, we're going to have that throughout eternity and, and it's just going to get sweeter and sweeter all the time. And so I'm looking forward to Sunday. I'm looking forward to having people back in their places and and uh, we've got some folks that uh, are sick. We've got some that's got the flu. Uh, we've got some that's uh, just uh, uh, trying to still get over some of that COVID stuff that, that's never completely left them. And they're just trying to make it on through that. And so pray for them. But most of the folks are, are back and going. And, we, and we're just looking forward to getting everybody back in, in their places and running the buses and picking up the kids, you know. It's been two weeks since we've been able to, to run the buses because of uh, the weather and stuff. And we just uh, want to get the kids back in there. And, and uh, just so important to get the Word of God into people's hearts and lives. Well, take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I, at this point, I always want to tell everybody, please stand. If you're at home, if you want to stand, stand and out of reverence to the Word of God. And uh, if you're bundled up there and you can't stand up and might fall down, if you do, just stay where you're at. But uh, we're going to read the Word of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to begin reading verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant. And boy, I'll tell you what, I could stay right there for a while because there's a lot of folks that uh, would fall into that category. But anyway, it says, I would that ye should not be ignorant. How that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat that same, the same spiritual meat, and did drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank that of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ." 
We're in a series that we have titled Power in That Name. Power in That Name. And the, the name that we're looking at tonight is The Rock. If you look there again, verse 4 it says, And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. Lord, we miss having the people around close to us. But I thank you, Lord, that we're able to do this tonight. It wouldn't be safe for them to be out. Lord, I pray that you give them a special blessing. Lord, may they feel your hand in their heart and life, Lord. Be with those who are recovering from sickness and, and other health issues. Lord, touch their bodies. Lord, be with them. Encourage them, Lord. Lord, just give their bodies the strength that it needs, Lord. And I pray that you'd watch over them. Bless them. Encourage them, Lord. You know the needs of others, Lord. It's been so cold. Protect people from the cold. And, and Lord, I pray now that you just uh, give us something special from the Word of God tonight. Challenge our hearts. Strengthen us, Lord. Maybe something that moves us closer to you and helps us to see you in a greater way. Lord, that's why we're trying to study the names of, of, of Jesus Christ, so that we would know you better. And so, Lord, I pray that we might know you better through this name, The Rock. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul reaches back here and brings up a well-known miracle that took place in the Old Testament, one that the Jews knew well as he, was, as he was speaking to them and one that he knew that they could relate to. And they knew it well. They had been taught about their forefathers coming out of Egypt and how that they were in the wilderness, wandering in the wilderness, and didn't have anything to drink. And, and they begin to moan and groan and complain. And so uh, we find here that... Uh, that uh, uh, Paul begins to build upon this as he's preaching here, as he's teaching here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He builds upon when Moses smote the rock. Smote the rock and, and the water came out. Not only once, but did he do that? But there was a second time that he smote the rock, actually smote it twice, and the water came out. He wasn't supposed to uh, smite the rock the second time. He was only supposed to speak to it. And because he disobeyed the Lord the second time by, uh, by uh, hitting the rock twice, uh, it, he was unable to go into the promised land. It, God looked at it that way. And the reason for that is because it was a picture of Jesus Christ. This rock is a picture of Jesus Christ here. And we're going to get into that here tonight. But let me read real quickly here in Exodus chapter 17. The first time that the Lord told uh, Moses to go and he said, I'll stand upon the rock. And he said, you smite the rock and, and, uh, and the water will come forth. And Exodus 17, 5 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people and take with thee the elders of Israel and thy rod wherewith thou smotest the river. Take it in thine hand. And behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb. And thou shalt smite the rock and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink, and Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And so we know that the water came forth and there was enough water. And a lot of people say, well, was it, how much water was it? Well, it was enough to water all their, their flocks, their herds, and their camels, and their asses, and, and everything. And, and all the children of Israel, there was over, you know, there was uh, 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 several million of the children of Israel that came out of Egypt. And so it was a, was a great uh, pouring out of, of water there. Then over in Numbers chapter 20, we find the second time that they were in need of water and they were murmuring again and the Lord spoke to, to Moses in Numbers chapter 20 and verse 8 says, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock 
before their eyes. Notice he said, speak unto it. Speak unto, unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So shalt thou give the congregation and their beast drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord, uh, or Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. Remember, he wasn't supposed to, but he did. He was only supposed to speak to it, but he smote it twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. And so the judgment upon Moses was brought about that he would not be able to go into the promised land because he disobeyed the Lord and he was supposed to speak to the rock and the water would come out, but instead he smote it twice with that rod. The psalmist writes about the same instances here. It says in Psalm 78 and verse 15 and 16, he said, He claved the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink out of the, the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like the rivers. If you go back and you read some history and you begin to read some of the um, in, uh, the rabbis, the Jewish rabbis, it is a well-known saying that the rabbi, by the rabbis that this rock uh, followed them through the wilderness. And I'll point that out here in a minute. They, their belief was is that the rock that, uh, that Moses smote the first time was round and that after the water had came out and watered everybody, that as they would travel through the wilderness, that this rock would roll and go with them. And when they would encamp, they would come to the rock and they would sing that song that is recorded for us there in the Old Testament, Spring Up, O Wells. And the water would come forth and water them. There's also, you know, if you look there, one of the verse, the verse that, that they based, one of the verses there and the, they're talking about there in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, says, Notice that, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, that followed them, and that rock was Christ. There's others who hold the belief that you might say, or the thought that the rock, once the water came out of the rock that Moses had smote the first time, that as they traveled through the wilderness, that this water actually run like a river and followed them. You say, preacher, those are, are hard things to imagine happening. Well, it's not impossible for God to do that. But I don't believe that's what took place. I believe that the Scripture bears out something different there. And we'll, we're going to talk about that tonight. But uh, uh, that's some of the beliefs that some of them had that there's water. And, and you can go back, and I've got several commentaries that talk about the very same thing that, that the rabbis thought about and that... That's a different one's thought that maybe the, the water followed them, not the rock, but the water followed them, and so that they always had water. A little bit of the problem with that, and I think the very first thing that popped in my mind is this. If the rock followed them and they could call that saying, spring up old wells and the water would come out of the rock, or if the water followed them, why did Moses have the second time fetch water out of the rock the second time? 
And so there's some problems there with, with, their, with their thinking, with their theology on that. But based on what Paul said, I believe that neither of those cases uh, took place. And, and we'll look at, 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 as we consider the name, the rock, as Jesus being another descriptive name, allowing us to know Him a little bit better. The very first thing is this, we have a picture of the pre-existent Jesus Christ in the Old Testament based upon the rock. In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 4 says, and, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And Christ being the Messiah, we dealt with the fact that Christ is Messiah. That's Jesus. He's the Messiah. And we find here that uh, Paul is speaking about that this rock was present during the Old Testament times. Uh, before there was the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, before He came incarnate and was before us in the flesh, He was in the Old Testament times uh, and He was with them even as they came out of Egypt presenting Himself to them, not in the flesh, but in a different manner that He was there to preserve them and to meet the needs that He had. In this name, the rock, it was associated with the children of Israel in the, in the wilderness. We have that picture of the existence of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one that would lead them, the one that would care for them in the Old Testament, going before the, the people to preserve them and to meet the needs that they had. You see, Jesus didn't have to be in the flesh to be there. Uh, he, didn't ha he, he, he didn't have to, to show himself as a human to be there. But you find that he's, he's a, it's a picture there of Jesus Christ being that rock. Again, confirming that Jesus is God and is eternal. He always was. He always will be. His presence uh, didn't begin in the manger, but He always was. And we find there that He is that rock and that picture of, of Jesus Christ there is also. And that smiting of that rock is a picture of Jesus Christ uh, being crucified. As he was smitten, you go over in Isaiah, it talks about how that he was smitten for our transgressions. He was beaten, he, is, he was uh, abused for us. You go, into, you go into, the, into, the, into the, the Gospels and you find that Jesus Christ, he, uh, they beat him with that cat of nine tails. He was beaten, he was smitten for you and me. And it's a picture of Jesus Christ in the future when He comes in, in, the pre, in the incarnate flesh and as He stands before and they smite Him. He's that picture of that rock. And from that rock brought forth life, living water for the, for the uh, uh, Old Testament Jews there. And in, in, in His day, and when He came as an incarnate Christ, He brought forth living water, spiritual water. And He speaks of the spiritual water here, bringing forth spiritual water for you and me that we might have eternal life. And so it's a picture of the pre-existing uh, Jesus Christ. Then Paul goes on and he refers to the drink and the rock as spiritual. Look with me there in verse 4 again. It says, And did all drink the same spiritual drink? Called it a spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock. And so he refers to the rock as a spiritual rock and as a spiritual drink. And I think that's where we can, uh, that we've, we have good understanding that that rock did as a, as a, as a boulder did not follow them. And the water did not follow them, but the spiritual 
rock, Jesus Christ, and the spiritual drink, which means the, the giving of their needs in their lives, meeting that, that great need in their life, was there continually. Even though the need of the children of Israel was physical, the need of, the, uh, the need of water to survive, they had a spiritual need. And that was for them to trust the Lord and to obey Him, to have faith in Him. And, and that was part of why the Lord allowed them to get thirsty. That's why He allowed them to come to that, that spiritual need and so that, they could, uh, so that they would have to trust the Lord, the physical need, so that they would trust Him spiritually. You see, they were failing to trust in the Lord, so there was a need to bring them to a place where only the hand of God could meet the need that they had in the desert. And that's the way it is with you and I. Sometimes the Lord has to bring us to a, a place in the desert where only the hand of God can be present and show us and deliver us and give us that spiritual drink that we need so bad. That way we learn to trust Him. And, and 1 Corinthians 10, 4 says, And did all drink that same spiritual drink. There's a need for all of them. It wasn't just a few of them needed that. It wasn't just a few got thirsty. It wasn't just a few of them over here that was about to die of thirst. But all of them had that great need. But it talks of a spiritual drink. And that spiritual drink is the, the great need in every person's life. Every single person needs Jesus Christ as their Savior. They need that spiritual drink from that spiritual rock, and that rock is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that it's Christ. It's the Messiah. And so therefore, that, the drink uh, that meets the need in your life and my life is and not just a, a physical need, but a spiritual need. Today we live in a, in, a, in a fleshly world where everything is wrapped around the flesh. And the greatest need right now is for people to, to grow spiritually. Our churches are full of, of baby Christians who need to grow in the Lord, who need to get involved in the work of the Lord, who need to, to get involved in the, in the Bible and, 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 and learn the Scripture and, and grow spiritually and, and, and pray and seek the face of God and, and, and have revival in their own hearts and lives. There is a spiritual need. People are thirsting to death spiritually in, in many churches today. And it's because we're not going to the rock and getting that spiritual drink that is so much needed. You see, that need was the same as the physical and spiritual for each of them it was needed today in our lives. We must all drink of that rock, Jesus Christ, that we might receive the living water and live not just physically, but spiritually. In John chapter 4, we find a story that is told here. And Jesus answered, this woman, it's the woman at the well as she comes, and she comes to draw water from a physical well there, water in the wells, because she's trying to meet a physical need. As she comes, Jesus is sitting there, and he asked her for a drink of water. And verse 10 says, And Jesus answered and said to her, If thou knewest the gift of God, who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water, talking about the physical water in that well, 
that she came there to draw from, he said, they're going to thirst again. He said, uh, he says, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I give him shall be in him as a, be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And so Jesus speaks of the, the spiritual water. And that spiritual need in your life and my life, we're so wrapped up again, as I said, in the flesh and all of our fleshly wants and our fleshly desires. And we let the spiritual man go wanting. Here he's, he's talking to this lady and he said, your greatest need is not this, the things in this physical life. Your greatest need is eternal things, something that's going to last forever. The water you get out of that well there, I could see him just about pointing to the water you're going to get out of that well right there. You're going to have to come back and get some more. But the water that I give you, talking about eternal life through Jesus Christ, the rock that would send forth everlasting water, he said that, he said, will be like a well or a river springing up inside of you of eternal living water that will never be gone, that will always satisfy, that will always quench your, your greatest need, your spiritual need. Folks, today, we don't realize what we have in Jesus Christ is that spiritual water is flowing within us. And so many times we're going to the world and looking to the physical instead of going to the rock and, and getting the, the spiritual drink that we need in this day and time. You must drink from the rock in order to have that eternal life springing up in you. There's a lot of people try to have that eternal life springing up and then by joining a church or by being baptized or by trying to keep the Ten Commandments or by trying to do good unto their brother as they would have them to do good unto them, trying to keep the golden rule or, or trying to put some money in an offering plate. All those things are right and all those things are good. But my friend, those, all those, none of those will give you that e eternal life. None of those will give you that everlasting peace. None of those will be that everlasting water springing up in your soul. Only Jesus Christ, the rock, can shed forth that type of water. It's a spiritual water. They continued to be refreshed by the rock, I believe. Notice here in verse 4 again, it says, They drank of the same spiritual drink. It says, For they drank. It says, And, they, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. If you go in and study the, the tense of the words in the Greek, it's a little bit different than our languages and stuff, and so you have to look at sometimes it's how the words are used. But if you look at the tense of that word uh, in the Greek, it points to, and I'm talking about the word drank. If you look at that word drank, it means not just you drank it and it's over with. But the tense of it means it's a continuing thing, continually drinking. And so what he's saying there, he said, listen, I'm going to continue to, be, to refresh you. I'm going to be there. It wasn't that the stone which the water came out of followed them and give them water all the time. It wasn't that that river flowed and followed them through the wilderness and through the desert and it was always there. No, but what it was, Jesus Christ, which is the rock. He was always there. 
He was always there to meet their need. It might have been through a rock. It might have been through a, 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 a you find that at times he, he led them to a place where the, there was the palm trees and they had the, the fountains of water there. At other times they would find another a pool of water and, and maybe it was was bitter and he would tell them what type of, uh, of stick to throw in to make it sweet water and they could drink there. At another time, again, uh, they were supposed to speak to the rock, but they smoked, but he still gave them water. Not only the water, but other needs that they had in their life. He continued to, with them to satisfy them, to meet the need that they had. You see, once you drink of the rock, of that living water, Jesus Christ, once you're saved, there's a continuing of that flow available to you and me. It's not, it's not just a one-time thing. He says, they, and notice here it says, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. That followed them. And that rock was Christ. The Lord doesn't just save you and leave you. He's always there through every desert, through every wilderness, he goes with you. He follows with you. It may not, you may not see Him in the, in, the same, in the same pattern, the same form. But He's there. He said, I'll never leave thee and I'll never forsake thee. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, the latter part of the verse says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's always going to be there. Once you receive, once you drink of that rock, Jesus Christ, His presence never leaves and His grace never fails. He is an all-sufficient river of life for divine mercy and blessing. Then as we look at this here, and he's described as a rock that does not move. An unmovable rock. You know, I, I, as I was studying this, I thought of there's a, there's a movie star, they call him The Rock. And he's, he's got all kinds of muscle and, and he's, a, he's a very strong man. But the fact is, is that somebody can move him. Things can move him. He can be knocked down. He can be knocked out. He can be pushed aside. He's not as strong a rock as, as, as uh, what this rock is here. Look again here. And did all drink of the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. If you do a little study on that word rock there, it's Petra. Petra. And that is a different word that's been used in, in different ones. We're very familiar with when Jesus spoke to, to Peter. And, and uh, before then, he, he called him Simon. He said, your name's going to be, he said, I'll call you Peter. And he says, upon this rock, and it talks about Petra, he's talking about himself. Peter, I will build my church. And when he called him Peter, Peter is, is pebble. And a lot of people say, well, it's the same word. No, it's not. Uh, rock is Petra. And Peter, or little stone, is Petros. There's two different words there. And they describe completely two different things. Petros would be a rock that could be moved. Petros could be a big boulder like this, but I could get a, get a, 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 a uh, uh, a, uh, a grater, or a, not a grater, but a, a bulldozer in here and could push that rock out of the way even though I couldn't push it with my hands. That dozer could push that rock out of the way. That would be Petros. It might be what's laying on the ground. You could pick it up and throw it. That's Petros. But when you talk about Petra, which the Bible calls Jesus Christ the rock, 
Petra. Petra is like a cliff, a cliff of rock, huge, unmovable. I'm talking about a stony-faced wall, I mean, huge, that goes deep into the ground and, and hangs over and, 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 and covers such a massive area that no dozer is going to push it and, and nothing's going to move that rock. It's a cliff, a cliff of rock, a huge, huge amount of rock. And the Bible says that, that Jesus, the rock, the Christ, is that Petra. Our rock, Jesus Christ, is unmovable. He's the rock that we can find shelter in because He's that cliff. He's that cliff that we can go in and hide and during the times of storms and, and get back in there under Him and, and be protected from the storms of this life and from the troubles and the difficulties and the problems that we face. We can get sheltered by that cleft of the rock. The psalmist in Psalm 61 says this in verse 1 through 3 says, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. We find that the psalmist here, he's speaking of something bigger than just a boulder. We're, 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 he's talking about rocks that are, that are implanted deep into the earth that's huge. There's a place down in south uh, east Missouri that's called Elephant Rocks. And even the elephant rocks that are laying on top of the ground would not be called Petra. They would be called Petros. Because you could take them, they're huge rocks and I mean, huge, and, and yes, no man's going to move them. And maybe not even a dozer would move them. It would take something strong, but they're laying on top of one another, and they could be moved. But Jesus Christ is that protection. He's unmovable. He's that place that we can run to hide. He is that rock, the Bible says, that's higher than us. One that we can get under the shelter of His, his protection. When the storms come and when the enemy comes to attack, we have protection from all that because of the rock, Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of times people begin to get worried and they begin to, to doubt and they begin to fear and they don't know what to do. I'll tell you what you do. You run to the rock that's higher than you. You run to Jesus Christ. He said, I've got protection for you. I've got a place for you to stay. I'll be there. I'll overshadow you. I'll protect you from the storms of life. I'll protect you from the enemies of life. Many times I don't think that we realize what we have in Jesus Christ. He is that rock. He's unmovable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never going to change. He's never going to move. He is always there for us. He's always there to protect us. Boy, when you begin to look at the names of Jesus Christ and you realize that He's the rock, not Petros, pebble, but rock, Petra, the great rock, one that is higher than us, stronger than a strong tower to hide us from the enemy. Oh, we have so much in the Lord Jesus Christ. If we would just stop and, and thank Him for His goodness, even right now, I, I wouldn't have to go on any farther. It would be enough right now to just stop and, and thank Him for 
for that spiritual drink uh, uh, from that rock that, that saved our souls, that living water that, that, that springs up within our lives, that, that keeps us and, and able to sustain us and meet every need that we have in life. And then He's that rock that's unmovable that we can go to and, and that, that uh, He will be there at all times for us. He is that, that rock that was in the Old Testament because He is, he is that, that rock there and, and He always was and He always will be. He's the pre-existent Christ. He's described as that rock that does not move. And from that rock proceeds satisfaction for all our spiritual needs and all other needs. The psalmist wrote in Psalms 40, verse 1 and 2, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. You see, when you get saved, you're in that horrible pit, that place of that clay that you seem to be cannot. If you've ever been out in the muddy clay and try to pick up your feet and the suction and the clay, it sticks you and it holds you and he says, I was in that pit. I was in that horrible pit. I was in that miry clay that, that was holding me bound. And I couldn't break free. And I couldn't get out of that low point in my life. And I couldn't get out of the, the depths of, of despair. And I couldn't get out of the depths of my own wickedness and iniquity. I couldn't get past my own sin. The Bible says that He lifted me up. He lifted me up. I, was, I watched a video one time about men and different ones who they would go into their, into their grain elevators that something would happen and they would climb inside on top of it to try to, to do something, see what was happening. And they would sink down and they kept sinking down and kept sinking down and kept sinking down into uh, these, these grain elevators until the the, uh, the corn and stuff would completely collapse over the top of them and shut off their air and they would die in those grain elevators because it kept sinking. Then in this video they showed how that, that worked, but then they would, take the, the, they would take different ones, the farmers, and they would train them how to get in there to take care of things when there's, when there's that corn and that grain in there. They would have on a harness and it would be run up so that it could be pulled and somebody would always have to be there. They would go in and they would let them sink down in that and, and let them try to get out and they couldn't get out. And somebody would take and they would pull upon those ropes and, and lift their body back out of there. My friend, we was in that pit. We couldn't get out. Sinking deeper and deeper in sin. On our way to a devil's hell. And Jesus Christ, when we received Him, He reached down and He lifted us out. And when He lifted us out, He didn't put us over here in the mud. He didn't put us over here in the sand. He didn't put us over here in, 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 in the water. He took us and He put us upon a rock. That rock is Jesus Christ. He placed us upon Himself. He placed us in a, in a place where was safety. He placed us where we wouldn't sink anymore. He placed us in a place where we would have strength and that He could satisfy us. From that rock, He could satisfy every need in our lives. 
He's a rock that satisfies, meets that need. He said, He set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Showing us how to stay on the rock and go from place to place. I remember when we was down at Elephant Rocks, I was talking about that earlier, and how that you could, you could go from place to place and, and it, you could travel a long ways by jumping from rock to rock, big, huge rocks. And then the rocks were laid upon rock in, that was down in that mountain. And, and you, could, you could walk and, and be on, the, on rock. Didn't have to worry about stepping in the mud. Didn't have to worry about being in the weeds. You stayed on the rock. My friend, Jesus Christ is the rock. He establishes our goings. He gives us a sure footing. He gives us a solid path. He gives us a, a direction to go. And he, he's, he, he brings satisfaction in our lives. On this rock we find every need met in our lives spiritually first. And then he said, I'll take care of your physical needs too. He said, I'll, I'll meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory. He said, I, I'll take care of everything you need. In the wilderness, the dying were revived by that rock. I think of those who were thirsting to death of the children of Israel. And that rock, as it brought forth water, it revived them by, and gives them that, that spiritual drink that they needed. Yes, they needed a physical drink. He met that need, but there was that spiritual need that they could trust God. Because when... When Moses smote that rod, he or smote that rock, he told them that it was God sending forth the water from that rock. God Himself said, I will stand on the rock. And you come forth and you smite the rock. And no doubt, possibly, I don't know, the Bible doesn't say, but maybe even that Shekinah Gloria, that that uh, that 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 cloud by day may have been hovering over that rock as God was over that rock and standing upon that rock. And, and when He smote it, the water came out. And it was a physical need met. But there was a spiritual need met that they could trust God. That He would be there in the most dire situations of their lives. And He would meet every need that they had, didn't matter whether it was physical, and definitely would meet the spiritual need. They needed to learn to trust Him. They needed to learn to, to allow Him to be their God and to direct their lives. That rock gave them that spiritual drink. It revived them. Boy, we need some reviving today. There's some that's listening to me tonight. You need some reviving. What do you do, preacher? Go to the rock. Go to the rock. Lord Jesus Christ, He wants to revive you. He wants to give you a fresh drink. Some of you are living on past, uh, past uh, uh, experiences, living on past uh, revivals and stuff. Hey, listen, you need to be revived now. You need something fresh. You need something new from the rock. And you're not going to get it until you go to the rock. You've got to go to Jesus Christ to be revived. John 7, 37 and 38 says, in, the la in that last day, the great feast of the, uh, the uh, great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Oh, how he wants to give you that fresh drink. 
giving you that, that living water. He says, come unto me. He said, if you're thirsty, come to me. If you, if you need reviving, he says, come to me. If you need to be satisfied, come to me, he says. He said, I'll give you a fresh drink. They were revived in the wilderness, those that were dying. And we got Christians who are dying spiritually. You've been deadness, sitting in a, in a pew, doing nothing for God, just coming in, sitting down and doing nothing. You couldn't get excited over anything. You couldn't say amen. You couldn't, you couldn't give a testimony. You know why? Because you are dying in the pew. And you need a, a reviving. And the only way you're going to get that reviving is go to the rock. You're in a desert. You become dry. You become thirsty, but you won't admit it. When's the last time you got excited about God? When's the last time you got stirred about the Lord? When's the last time you hit an altar for God? When's the last time you gave out the gospel for Jesus Christ? When's the last time you ever volunteered to help a, on a bus route or in a, in a Sunday school class or, or to do something in the church or, or to do something in the community for the Lord or to pass out a gospel track? You become dead in the desert. You're dry. You need that reviving from that rock. The thirst, their thirst was satisfied. There was a satisfaction that came. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Boy, we need people to get thirsty. We need some people to get thirsty and, and, and pull up close to, to that rock and say, Oh, give me a drink. I, wanna, I want something from heaven. I'm tired of what man can do. I'm tired of, of what, all the programs that man puts together. I'm tired of all these things. I want to see what God can do. And you begin to thirst after and hunger after righteousness, after the Lord Himself. Is there a hunger and a thirst after the Lord in your, in your soul? Boy, there needs to be a, a thirsting after the Lord. I mean a thirsting after Him, wanting Him. Not coming and sitting in a pew just to hear a preacher preach and hear some songs sung and, and hear a little prayer and go home but a thirsting, wanting something from God, wanting God to do something in your life, wanting God to do something in the church, wanting God to do something in your town, wanting God to do something in the United States and around the world. Boy, when you get that thirsting back and get up close to the rock, he said he'll take care of that thirst. They were weary from all their travels and all their difficulties and they were refreshed. Matthew 11, 28, 29 says, Come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Well, I'll tell you what, there's been times I remember walking around there at Elephant Rocks or even down at Clark's Mountain. We would drive up just as far as we could and then you'd wind up walking up the rest of the way and there's rocks on top of Clark's Mountain and we'd sit on those rocks. We'd just sit down on those rocks. There'd be a breeze blowing up at that high altitude there as we could look for miles and miles and miles and, and just see all that God had made. Uh, uh, Clark's Mountain is the second highest point in the state of Missouri. 
And we would go up there and we'd sit on those rocks of an evening and, and we'd just look all over the place and out towards Clearwater Lake and over, over the town of Piedmont and out towards a, a different places, towards a, 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 an, an Annapolis and Desark and, and back over towards a, a Patterson and, and Mudlick Mountain and back over in there and see all those trees and see all that and see the beauty. And we'd just sit on those rocks and it was just something about it. It was restful. Didn't have all the hubbub of all the cars and everything. You couldn't hear all the noise. Well, you could hear the birds singing. You could hear the wind blowing. You could hear the, 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 the squirrel getting mad at you for being up there around where he was eating uh, his acorns and stuff. Hey, listen, we just sit on those rocks and boy, we got to rest. But we need some Christians that's going to say, I, I'm weary of trying to do it in my own strength. And Lord, I'm just going to sit down upon the rock and I'm going to rest my soul and, and rest myself in you, Lord. I've been, I've been trying to do it in my own strength and I've been trying to do it in my own power. And I've been trying to do this and I've been trying to do that. God, I'm just going to rest in you. I'm going to sit on the rock. Well, it's time that we begin to get our rest out of the rock. And by this rock... The Lord labors and encouraged. The laborers are, are encouraged by joy and blessings. I can imagine as that water come out of that rock and begin to run across that ground like a river, people begin to get excited. People probably begin to cheer and they begin to run to that water and take their hands and, and get them a, a drink of water. They've been so thirsty and, and boy, they was, they was probably excited and they was cheering and boy, they had been laboring, walking through that wilderness. I can just imagine, boy, it was refreshing and, and they were excited about it and, and they begin to cheer and boy, they, they had new hope. We live in a day and time when, boy, everything seems to be going downhill and everything seems to be falling apart. Boy, you need to get to the rock and get yourself encouraged and get, you, get cheered by, by a fresh drink from the rock. Jesus Christ. He's the rock. Christ is not only the rock that will stream forth water in a desert place, but He is and will be the cup of wine at the banqueting table, the marriage supper of the Lamb to refresh us throughout all eternity. In closing, this rock that was smitten is but a tender call away. Remember I said that the first time that the Lord told him, Moses, He said, smite the rock and the water will come out. But the second time when he took him to the rock, he said, speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. You see, Jesus Christ was smitten for you and me. And once we've taken of that living water, from that point on, we but need to speak. We but need to call upon the Lord. We can call and speak to the rock and the rock that is Christ, He hears and He responds to our call. Over and over again, I can't get past Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Folks, I think the church has got to get back to speaking to the rock. Rock doesn't need to be smitten anymore. The rock just needs to be spoke to. 
we got to begin to fill our altars again. Christians have got to get back on their knees. Christians have got to get back to call upon the Lord. We've got to begin to speak to the rock. Cry aloud. Lift up our voice. Call upon the rock. Speak unto Jesus Christ. He's our intercessor before our Heavenly Father. and He's waiting with an open ear to hear us as we call upon Him. And He'll send forth a river. He'll refresh. He'll revive. He'll cheer. He'll encourage. He'll, he'll give you that rest that you need. All the victories will be won. Jesus is the rock. Oh, as I look at that, I think about the greatness of that one very name, the rock. He said that the rock is Christ. It's Jesus. And you and I both need to go to the rock. Get a fresh drink. If you're not saved, you need to go to the rock and get living water that will save your soul. And Christian, if, if you're dry, boy, you need to get to the rock and get some living water springing up in you continually. We need to come back and we need to begin to speak to the rock. I can imagine they rejoiced. Boy, Sunday, I hope we get people in here, they'll rejoice about the rock, the rock of Jesus. And there'll be a fresh drink go forth and people will be satisfied. Not with this world, but with the living water of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for the rock a place of shelter, an unmovable rock, a rock that is higher than I, a rock that will satisfy, a rock that brings forth living water. Oh, help us to take a drink. Help us to be challenged tonight. Lord, speak to our hearts and may we speak to the rock. Have your will and way and we'll thank you and we'll praise you for us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday.